All right. Good morning. Um, we are going to continue our series on the songs of Advent. And uh, before this started a few months ago, um, Jerry kind of sent us a list of good hymns, uh, gospel-centered hymns to kind of pick from. And I was very thankful for that. Uh, one, because I didn't want to be stuck with one that I didn't really like. Uh, but also, I got to pick uh, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Um, so easily one of my favorite um, Christmas songs, carols, hymns, um, right behind uh, Christmas Shoes. Um, no, I have not heard Christmas Shoes yet this season, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, but no, it's my favorite for a few reasons. Um, uh, one, uh, one of my favorite bands in college covered it, did a really good job of that, and that was um, kind of what got me to listen to it a little more than just hearing it on the radio when you turn it to that one station uh, every Christmas. Um, uh, but also because it's very simplistic. It's um, just right there, very plain in front of you lyrically. Um, and this is um, kind of a big part of my personality. Uh, when I was in college and journalism classes, what I would write or read, I didn't like all the stuff that made you think too much or very wordy. I just wanted the stuff that gave you the information. Uh, you can ask my wife, like, I still forget um, meanings of phrases and words all the time. I'm not sure what like the plans fell through really means right now. And I'm, I think I know, but I'm not going to say it because it might be wrong and you might all think um, differently of me. Um, and, but so I like simpler things and, I, and, and stuff that's laid out plainly that I can immediately see the beauty in without having to think a lot about it. And I know some people don't agree with that. Um, but with this song, reading through it, singing through it, hearing it played anywhere, anywhere I immediately have this peace and understanding. The gospel's laid out. What God thinks of me is laid out. Uh, and then what he has for me is just laid out so plainly. And so rather than this um, maybe poetic thing to, to really dive into and think about a lot, and then you see beauty in that, which can happen, it's just right there. And I, and I get to read it or sing it, and I immediately am overcome with joy, understanding uh, this is true about me. Um, and so I want to read through uh, three verses. The original has like eight, but I didn't want to make you guys sing all those. Uh, and so I told Scott, we're just, I was going to be going through three. I'm going to read three verses, um, and then I'll pray, and then we'll get into this. God, rest ye merry, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God, our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. O tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other doth deface. O tidings of comfort and joy. Father, thank you so much for the season of Advent. We can take time to look at what you've done, uh, what was prophesied about you in the Old Testament, what you, what you told us, what you did in the New Testament, um, and now, after you've died, you've risen again to be with your Father, that we get to look forward to being with you again. You're going to come back and get us, and we get to worship you in heaven forever. God, I pray that... Uh, Today, uh, be a time of that, be a time of the gospel being proclaimed, and then us worshiping 
because of that, God. And not stopping there, uh, not stopping with, this is just what we do on Sunday mornings in this building, um, but God, this be who we are every day, looking to being with you and telling everyone about this good news uh, that we hear. Uh, I love you. Uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, just to preach uh, your word. God, I pray that it not be about me or anything else that we have going on. Uh, this would be all about you. You get the glory. Amen. All right. All right, so uh, I did a lot of research in this song, also known as Googling. And a lot of that Googling points back to this song originating uh, in the 15th century. Um, and so because of this, uh, originating in England, it's assumed this song was originally written in English. And because of most songs being sung in the church in Latin, this song must have been written and sung by the common people. Um, and because of, uh, because of that, most article, articles that claim this song was written in the 15th century also say um, that the, the title and also the uh, first line there means something totally different than what we would assume. Um, and so meaning, uh, in England in the 15th century, they would say that the word rest actually meant make, and then Mary actually meant mighty. And so this would read, instead of God rest you married gentlemen, uh, God make you mighty gentlemen. Um, and so I think I, I found three, uh, four sermons or articles that said this exact thing. And there were a lot of likes. So there's probably a lot of plagiarism involved with those kind of things. Um, and, but so they, they said the exact same thing. And the God make you mighty gentlemen was the common people. Um, being oppressed, uh, abused um, by the people who were high up singing the Latin uh, Christmas songs or, or have you. And, and so this was this call for them to make you mighty, str- strengthen you, you common people. Um, but the thing is, because this was so long ago, uh, the 15th century, um, there is actually no record of the song being written this time. We have no record of that. Uh, in the Oxford English Dictionary, does not contain a single definition or example of Mary being used as mighty and the same thing with rest being make. Um, and then even just the, the first line, um, that would not even make sense. Uh, God make you mighty gentlemen, let nothing dismay you. Um, and so uh, you can probably disregard all that. I'm, so, I'm sorry if you were taking notes. Uh, you can just scratch all that out. Uh, just because it's probably not true. I think it's a good story and I think a, a good sermon um, uh, just this charging of God make you mighty, strengthen you. Um, but it's probably not real. Maybe it is. Um, and so the earliest known record of God rest you married gentlemen is a song appears in a 1970 broadsheet, and also known as like a big newspaper, in London, uh, advertising it as a collection with other songs titled Three New Christmas Carols. Um, and so because of the lyrics, it's obvious how it entered the church as a hymn uh, during some, during sung, sung in this time during Advent. And so uh, there were a couple things uh, that made me stop um, and look into a little more when reading through this song and, and reading about its history. Uh, first, dealing with punctuation. And so you thought school just ended. We're just talking about punctuation now. Um, it's common uh, to hear uh, this first line sung as, uh, God rest ye, comma, merry gentlemen, meaning that the men, the gentlemen, were so happy, so merry that God had to put them to sleep. Uh, and so 
It's not like that. Uh, the comma should come after Mary. Uh, God rest ye Mary, gentlemen. Uh, and so if that's the case, what does rest ye Mary mean? Uh, why, does, why does it say that? And so back to the Oxford English Dictionary that knows everything. Um, it does have examples dating back to 1400. Um, rest you well, rest you happy. Uh, and then even from Shakespeare, um, rest myself content. Uh, and so the closest that we would see rest used this way today would be uh, rest assured or rest easy. Uh, not, do not worry. Um, but also in the first verse, um, in the second line there, remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. How do we know that his birthday was December 25th? We don't. Uh, absolutely not. We have no idea. Uh, and so after looking at this and researching a little more, I found that um, people way back in the day, probably way smarter than me, uh, have believed the actual date of Jesus' birth to be May 20th, April 18th, April 19th, May 28th, January 2nd, November 17th, November 20th, May, no, March 25th, or March 21st, because that was the date believed that God created the sun, S-U-N, sun. And so I'm not sure how they figured that out. Um, and then even, even Polycarp, the martyr, uh, reasoned similarly that it was at least on a Wednesday uh, because the sun was created, S-U-N, on the fourth day. And so it had to be on a Wednesday at least. Um, and so the thing is, we have no idea when Christ was actually born. Um, but uh, the choice uh, for what we call Christmas Day now, December 25th, um, could have been made as early as the year 273, um, as a day that was already hosted by two pagan festivals related, related to the creation of the sun, S-U-N. Um, and then church leaders decided uh, to shape the culture, as we see today, um, into something that already existed, uh, into something uh, to in introduce a new festival. And so rather than the creation of the S-U-N, start by the creation of the S-O-N, the sun. Um, and so that's, that's really it. That's simply how it, all that came about. And so thinking about the origins of this date, uh, and even now uh, when we think of gift-giving, uh, trees, lights, Santa, uh, elves on shelves, whatever that, all that is, this might cause tension and arguments about, like, why are we doing all this? This is not related to Jesus at all. Why do we do all this? Um, but I found a really good quote uh, from an unknown theologian during this time when this date was created out of this um, arguments of why would we celebrate Christ's birthday on a pagan holiday that, that celebrates the creation of the sun. Uh, and he said, uh, we hold this day holy, not like the pagans, because of the creation of the sun, S-U-N, but because of him who made it. Uh, and so I now think that today, with all this stuff, rather than uh, worshiping this gift-giving, worshiping all these songs and Hallmark movies and the, the tree and all this, all this mess, maybe, um, we know what we really think about it. We know in our context, so as believers... Um, whether or not he was born on this day, this is why we celebrate it, because Jesus came uh, to earth. And so this song, God Rest You Mary, Gentlemen, uh, and this season can be similar in this way. Um, and so rather than thinking and worrying about the origin, original meaning, where it's from, um, what context are we viewing this now? Are we taking this time of Advent, uh, these, these good songs, uh, these good celebrations, um, are we taking time to understand the weight of God, Lord of everything, 
descending from his throne, taking the form of a baby in order that he could save us from our sin. Are we taking time to do that? And so now uh, I hope that we can do this clearly uh, through this song, uh, through worshiping and song, and then as our, as our weeks go by, as we get closer and closer to December 25th, um, taking time every day um, to really feel the weight of that and worship him out of that. And so let's go through these uh, three verses um, and take some good stuff uh, away with each one. So first verse. God rest, you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Uh, and so, what does this represent for us? Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's very plain. This is the gospel. This is good news. This is laid out for us. This is what happened, and this is why it's good news. Uh, he saves us from our sin, even though we didn't want him. Uh, and so in Luke uh, chapter 1, Gabriel tells Mary uh, that she would give birth to the Son of the Most High, that he will reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom will have no end. And Matthew chapter 1, he tells Joseph something similar. Um, after he's thinking of divorcing Mary, because that ain't his baby, so what's he going to do? Um, he says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then later in chapter 2, um, Simeon um, has this uh, prophetic praise uh, of Jesus. Um, in 26, it says, uh, it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for, re for re revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. And so this is the gospel. Christ has come to save us. It's, it's, it's very plain in the Old Testament, prophesying about this. And then Gabriel telling Mary and Joseph, these, uh, John the Baptist, Baptist preparing the way. This is all very plain, and we know all of this. Um, so we believe the gospel, we understand the gospel, we even know extra stuff. Um, but there's a disconnect very often um, with how we feel about things or act uh, in certain ways. Um, and so in God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, uh, this feeling uh, or, or action is referred to as dismay. And, and dismay um, defined as the breakdown of courage completely as by sudden danger or trouble or thoroughly disheartened. And so this feeling of, of no hope, uh, a loss of courage, loss of strength, disheartened completely because of something, because of something. And so when do we feel this? Um, and so thinking about myself, maybe you can uh, compare with these. Uh, and so when we compare ourselves uh, to others uh, or give everything for the approval of someone uh, or some status um, and only see that fall short. Um, or when we don't do well in school, uh, we get fired from jobs, um, or we lose 
family and friends that we love very dearly? What about when we see or hear the brokenness around us? Poverty, broken families, uh, a city that is clearly divided uh, because of race, a city that is full of lost people who don't know Christ. There's a lot of brokenness around us. Um, And then even looking inside us, uh, when we continue in the same sin, knowing it will never satisfy, uh, but we keep going back uh, only to feel empty and then, then goes to shame. We look at it all uh, and we see how big sin has become in our lives and we see how powerful the enemy um, can be. And so what, whatever it is, rest assured, you need not worry because even though this, this weight of our sin is so great, this weight of the sin all around us, whether it's um, interacting with us immediately and, and directly, um, whatever it is, it is great, and, and hell is the only thing we deserve. Uh, on our own, we would not be able uh, to save ourselves from this. But Christ took on this weight. He suffered the punishment we deserve, uh, dying as our sacrifice forever. And now, rather than becoming slaves to our sin, we get to rest easy, and as uh, one of my favorite uh, people ever, Thomas Terry of Beautiful Eulogy puts it, now we can marvel at the magnitude of mercy rather than worrying about the weight and, and how big sin is, just marveling and how good Christ has been to us, how much he loves us and how good mercy is. Amen. First Peter uh, chapter 1, 3 through 3-9 puts this way better than I ever could. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even now for a short time. If necessary, you suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. You rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is, this is big. And so even this morning, thinking about this, I was helping Scott set up and talking with him about reading these, singing these songs and, 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 and knowing the gospel. And in this time, this season, we know this is real. We know this is real. All this that happened with Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, uh, we know that this is true about us, but we get caught up in all this, this stuff. We, don't, it's, we believe it, but we, do we really think it's true? Do we really understand the weight of, of God's mercy. This is real for all of us, and this is true for believers. And so, let's move on to the second verse. From God, our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Um, Luke chapter 2 um, 
It maps this out for us, and so I'm going to read that, starting in uh, verse 8. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. So what does it represent for us? This is the proclamation of the gospel. This is the first proclamation of the gospel. After Jesus has been born, these angels are proclaiming this good news to these shepherds out in the fields. Um, and so now this is our experience every Sunday. We hear the gospel claimed every Sunday. The band is really good, but they're not angels. Um, and so besides that, this is us every Sunday. We hear this good news, and hopefully this is also happening after this worship gathering in our lives every day with our friends, family, classmates, co-workers, that we are also proclaiming this good news um, to everyone we come in contact with. Let's keep reading uh, in 15. When the angels had left them, returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported this message they were told about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring of all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And so the immediate reaction of these shepherds um, doing their job out in the fields, immediately confronted by the angels and, and told this good news, their immediate reaction is to go and tell everyone about what they've been told, about Jesus, about the, what they've seen, this baby in a manger. Um, my favorite example of this uh, is in Luke 8. Uh, just, again, how simply it's laid out, how it just methodically um, happens. Uh, after Jesus drives out these demons possessing this man uh, living in the tomb, in the tombs, this is what happens. In uh, verse 38 of that chapter, the man from whom the demons had departed begged him earnestly to be with him. But he sent him away and said, Go back to your home and tell all that God has done for you. And off he went, proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus has done for him. This man, being completely, completely controlled by sin, Jesus shows up, sets him free from that sin, and then all he wants to do is be with Jesus and then tell everyone in the whole town about what God has done for him. And so where... Where is our desire like this? Where is our drive like this? And so, yes, this guy has a really good testimony. He is naked, living with dead people, and possessed by an army of demons. Um, but what's true about us? We were dead in our sins. We were children of wrath, destined to burn in hell forever. But God chose to save us from that based on nothing we could do or ever will do. And not just saving us from hell, he saves us for something, to tell others about this good news and to be with him forever. And so where is our drive for this? What's, what's the disconnect there? Um, 
Do we really believe this gospel? Do we really believe this truth and not just know it? Um, and what it means for us, have we truly been changed by it? Do we place Jesus in another box uh, in our life uh, just to go along with everything else, with, with jobs, school, time, family, friends, worship gathering, MC, DNA, um, recitals, ball games, entertainment, social media, sleep? Does he make the cut when we have all the other stuff? If we're only putting him in another category in our lives, does he make the cut in our conversations, in our lives, in our quiet time? Whatever that is, is he important enough to us? Um, but also, um, what do we think about the people who are in our lives, at our, at our jobs, at school? Um, what do we think about them? Do we truly value them? Do we care enough for them to know that some of them will never know Jesus? And so just some things to think about. Because God has placed people around you. He has saved you from your sin, made you new, and given you a story. He's also given you the same Holy Spirit that empowered Christ. And we see that in Acts 1. While he was with them, he commanded them, Jesus, to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is true about you. You are empowered. You are equipped. Go and proclaim this good news to the people around you. All right. So we're going to move on to the third verse now. Now to the Lord sing praises all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace this holy tide of Christmas all other doth deface. And so from this song, we've seen the gospel laid out for us very clearly. We've seen that good news. We've also seen the proclamation of this good news by the angels to the shepherds. Uh, and so now, what is this third verse for us? Um, this is now what we get to do forever because of that truth. And so, what does that mean? Well, now, we are joined together uh, every Sunday uh, during the week, uh, joined together, singing praises, worshiping, glorifying King Jesus, uh, not hindered by any sin, not hindered by any, anything else. Um, we get to do that forever with each other, wherever we are. And then, much bigger, we get to do this forever with the nations uh, as we enjoy Jesus forever in heaven. Revelation uh, 21 says, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Also, I also saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with us, is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. And will, and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief 
crying, and pain will be no more. Everything new. Because the previous thing has passed away, the, then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God. He will be my son. This is, again, true about us. We get to be with Jesus forever. We get to be with each other and the rest of the saints forever, constantly singing his praise with no sign of sin, with no sign of of pain, nothing, no suffering at all, will be there with us. It's perfect, and we get to enjoy that forever. Um, My favorite song puts it um, really well, too. Um, talking about this reward that we have, this, this place that we get to enjoy with Christ uh, forever. It says, Where unity and fellowship is perfected by the church, in the church, where divine love rests in the hearts and the inhabitants of the new earth, and receive a crown only to cast it down at the feet of the resurrected Jesus in a perfect, ceaseless form of worship, singing, Glory. To the liberating king who came not to conquer kingdoms, but conquer hearts and restore men back to what they are intended for. And escape from this life marked by anguish. A great fountain of of love that flows from heaven's gates awaits us. You can take this joy, you can take this world, its joys and its fleeting pleasures, but give us Jesus, our future hope and our greatest treasure. And so... Believer, rest assured that even though sin surrounds us every day, uh, no matter what form it takes in your life, whether it's internal and you don't know what to do with it, you don't know how to escape from it, whether it's out in your job or just this, this country, all this mess, uh, whatever sin is in your life, rest easy, rest assured, Christ has come, he's died as the perfect sacrifice, raised again to save you for something better. And what is that? Because rest assured um, that though God requires nothing of you um, for this gift of salvation, and he he never will, and we could never uh, give anything for that, rest assured, um, because even though our time here is short, If you have been changed by the gospel, the people around you every day will see that fruit and they will hear the gospel proclaimed. If that's not happening, it is is no no sign to feel ashamed, no sign to to worry about, am I, I, like, what's wrong with me? Check your heart. So what's going on? You believe the gospel, you understand it, you believe it. So what is that disconnect? Do you value the people? Do you, do you truly value Jesus? Do you understand this call that he has for you? Check your heart. And finally, uh, no matter how hard this life here gets, even though short, how, how hard it gets, no matter how much physical, emotional, or spiritual pain you experience, rest assured because you get to be with Jesus forever. And so... Um, my, my favorite thing to read about in Scripture 
or to think about in these uh, important theology books is this idea that no matter what I go through here, I get to be with Jesus forever. And it's not because I've had a super hard life. My life has been pretty easy. ULM did not make a bowl game this year, and that's really tough. Um, but besides that, I've, I've experienced little death. My, my grandmother passed away right before Thanksgiving, and that was the first time that I experienced death that I can remember in my family. Like, I got married. I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful kid. Um, when I look everywhere, everywhere around me, even in Monroe, across the interstate, I have life pretty good. There's, when I think about just all the things that he's given me, uh, how, how really well blessed I am, it's not too bad, but when I think about how much better being with Jesus forever will be, that totally knocks out all this, um, this sin that I deal with every day, this uh, expectation to live up to um, these people around me and this approval that I, I sinfully uh, try to get, all this other stuff that I think is not a big deal, even though my life's pretty good, all that is washed away, and I get to be with Jesus forever and never worry about any of it. And so whether your life is, is good uh, or just totally bad, and you don't know why he's doing it, and you don't know what's happening, it's total mess, no matter what that is, you, if you're a believer, as a believer, you get to be with Jesus forever, and that is the best news. And so take that, this Advent season, remembering that, and sharing that good news with people around you. My favorite chapter in the Bible is Romans 8, um, and 18 to 25 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the same spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not only hope, but because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So these, these groans of labor pains, I've heard it explained really well by John Piper, this, this groaning, it, it's, it's painful, but labor pains, I have experienced labor. I got to be there, and it sounds super painful, but they're not these, these empty groans of pain. They are expecting something. And when that comes, when Lucy got here, all that was forgotten. All those groans, uh, all that pain was forgotten, uh, and we got this beautiful baby. And so now, we groan forever. We groan because we, we experience sin. We see sin around us. We don't know what to do. People that we love will never know Jesus. They will go to hell. We're groaning. We want Jesus to come back. Um, when he finally does, and we finally get to be with him, all that is going to be forgotten. And we get to worship with him forever. Because Christ has come, and he is coming again. Let's pray.
Father, thank you so much. Again, this is, this is all true about us um, if we are your children. I thank you so much that it is not up to us to become your children, um, that you have, have chosen based on nothing uh, to save us uh, from an eternity in hell and now given us something so, so much better than we can ever imagine, um, eternity with you forever. God, thank you so much uh, for this body of believers here, the ones who are not here as well. This, for this constant outpouring of worship uh, that we experience on Sunday mornings, that we experience throughout the week, God, uh, I pray that happens more and more together, God. I pray that we remember that we are a church, that we are not simply alone in this at all, God. You have called us um, together as a church to reach the city of Monroe, to see the lost people in Monroe come to know you, God. So I pray that um, with everything we are, we remember the gospel, we believe the gospel, uh, and because of that, all we want to do um, is proclaim that good news to everyone we come in contact with. God, thank you so much again for this time, um, this season of Advent, that we can take so much more time to really focus on how you came and how you will come again. I thank you so much for that. We love you. I thank you so much for this time we're about to uh, enter into this worship communion. God, I pray that you bless that time. God, I pray that we let go of everything else that we have and holding on to sin, everything else outside of this, this building right now, God. I pray that we fully worship you without hindrance, God. Thank you so much for the gospel, the entire story, and how it plays out into our past, uh, into our present, and then for our future forever. We love you. Amen.